The Bible reading today is from Ephesians. It's chapter 4, verses 11 to 16, which will be on the screen and on page 1818 of the Church Bibles. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Christ who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thanks, Sam. Morning, everyone. Happy AGM Sunday. Tell you what, last year's AGM sounded fun. I was listening to the minutes there. It sounded like a real... Not that today's wasn't, but... <laughs> anyway, where was I? Um, <laughs> keep your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll have a look at a couple of other passages briefly as well, but Ephesians 4 will be the main one that we'll be looking at. Uh, there's an outline inside your leaflet as well, if you got one as you, you walked in, if that's helpful for taking notes and following along as well. It's nice when a team works well together, isn't it? Um, a while ago, I used to play in a very informal six-a-side indoor soccer league where the teams would get randomly assorted each week as we rocked up. And there was one week where I got put on a team with five Iranian guys who all, they all knew each other. I, I hadn't met any of them before. And they've sort of gotten a huddle before the game and they've decided, all right, yep, Mark, you, you be goalkeeper, and they've, they've all gone off. And it, it became pretty clear the moment the game started that all any of them were interested in doing was scoring goals themselves. There was no passing to teammates or anything like that going on. When one of them would get the ball, he, he wouldn't look to where his teammates were. He'd just be looking to where the goals were. He'd be trying to get around all the opposition players and score the miracle goal all on his own. And of course, the inevitable result was that the ball got turned over pretty quickly. And next thing I knew, there were five opposition players running towards me with the ball. There were none of my teammates chasing them. And next thing I know, the ball was in the back of the net behind me. And there's five of my teammates arguing with each other at the other end of the ground in a language that I can't understand. And that, that scene repeated itself many times throughout that night. And perhaps you can relate to that situation. Um, perhaps you found yourself dealing with the frustration of people not playing their parts, not working together well, and the bad results that follow from that. Although hopefully you've experienced the opposite as well. When, when everyone has played their part, when people have worked well together and things have gone well, and you think, yes, this is how it's supposed to be. Well, that's how church is supposed to be. As well, And what we're going to be thinking about together today is how church not only runs well, but is built up to maturity as each member plays his or her part. This is the last week we're having in our series called What's Next After Easter, which is really thinking about how does the message of Jesus' saving death and resurrection impact um, the way that we live both as individuals and as a church family as well. And to answer that question, we've looked at five distinct purposes that we see in the Bible, purposes that God has both 
for me as an individual, but also for us as a community as well. Uh, so firstly, there's magnification, which we looked at in our first week. So our wholehearted, whole of life worship of God. And then there's mission, because we don't just want us, ourselves, to be magnifying God. We want other people to be coming to know God and to love God in this way as well. And as people come to know God, we're called not just to follow Jesus, but to follow him together in membership with each other, loving and caring for each other as God's church. And as we do that, and as we dig into God's word together, we're growing in our maturity, growing in how our understanding of who God is from his word shapes the way that we live. And these four purposes so far are realized more and more as we serve each other with the time and the passions and the gifts that God has given to us, which brings us to M number five, which is ministry. So if you've got an outline there, you can see that I'm going to begin by briefly talking about ministry or service would be an equally good word if it began with M, as something that is a purpose that God has for us as individuals. But not just that, it's, we'll spend a bit of time thinking about how it's a purpose that God has for us collectively as well. And we'll finish off by thinking about what ministry looks like specifically at Trinity Church Aldgate as well. So firstly, point one there, part of God's purpose for me is that I become more and more a servant like Jesus. So humble service is a mark of being like Jesus. And we see this in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45, where two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, they've come up to Jesus and they've, they've asked him, can we sit at your right hand and your left hand side in heaven? So that they're basically asking for the positions of greatest honor. And Jesus' response to this is that true greatness is not seen in status, but in service. He tells them that that they shouldn't be like the secular rulers of that day who, you know, lorded over other people. They used their authority to, to rule over the people below them. But rather, they should be servants. And why is that? Well, as Jesus says in verse 45 there, for even the Son of Man, so that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus served us in the most incredible way, dying to take the punishment for our sins so that we can come to God, our sins forgiven, our ransom paid. And it's only through repentance and faith in Jesus that we can stand before God. So turning away from anything in our life that isn't pleasing and honoring to him. And Jesus hasn't just saved us by his death. I mean, that's, that's the important thing, that he saved us. But he's also set us the example of a servant to follow. To serve others because he first served us. We see a very similar picture in Philippians chapter 2. The first song that we sung this morning was actually based on the words of Philippians chapter 2. Where Paul writes that we ought to have the same mindset as Jesus. Uh, So valuing others above ourselves, putting their needs ahead of our own. And Paul points to the example of Jesus, who despite his greatness, being the the son of God, took on the nature of a servant. He humbled himself not only to human form, but to death. 
God is deliberately growing each one of us to be more like Jesus each day. And that includes following his example of humble service. So service is a godly character trait that the Spirit is working in us to produce. It's a purpose that God has for each of us. But more than that, it's a purpose that God has for all of us collectively as a church. It's how he grows his church. So Ephesians chapter 4, which Sam read for us a moment ago, shows us God's purpose for his church or for the, the body of Christ, as it's called here. And that purpose in verses 12 and 13 is for the body of Christ to be built up to maturity, to be united together in Jesus, to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So in verse 15, we see that Jesus is the head and we're growing more and more to be a body that's in line with that perfect head. Now that's a goal that we're not going to reach in full until that final day when Jesus returns and gathers his church together. But it shows the direction, doesn't it, that God wants his church heading in. The church is to be more and more clearly a place where Jesus is clearly seen. A body growing in maturity to be more and more like its head. What a great goal to be working towards. What a, what a wonderful thing for us to be working towards together. And the body is built to maturity as each part of the body does its work. There's a really nice logical flow to, to verses 11 to 13 here. So firstly, Jesus has given to the church people with certain roles. So you've got the apostles and the prophets who, first, who God has spoken through, who have laid the foundation for the church. You've then got the evangelists who take this good news about Jesus to those who need to hear it. And then the pastors and teachers who love and care for God's people and who instruct them in his word. So he's provided these people not just to do all the work themselves, but verse 12, to equip his people for works of service together. And what's the end goal of everyone being equipped? Well, it's so that the body of Christ is built up to maturity, to the measure of the fullness of Christ. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? God provides particular people in the body to build up everyone in the body, to equip everyone in the body, to build up the body into what God intends it to be. And it's important to understand that the, the role of the pastors and teachers here isn't just to do everything themselves, but it's actually to equip everyone in the church for works of service together. So the more the, the work is shared around, the healthier the whole body is. In fact, Trinity Church Allgate is much healthier and richer for being able to tap into everyone's gifts and passions and time, not just Chris's and mine. Because believe it or not, people are actually much better at a lot of things than Chris and I are. Like I've been, I've done a couple of graphic design flyers for certain events this year, but then there are other ones where I've thought, no, I'll actually give this to, to someone like Beck or James who actually has skills in graphic design to be able to do. And the, the difference in the design is, is incredible. It's things like that where it's actually great that we have a wide range of gifts to be able to use. Now, I'm stealing this next illustration from someone else, but churches can often be a bit like a bus, you know, where there's one driver driving the bus and there's, there's lots of passengers as well. 
And you know, the passengers enjoy being on the bus. They, they like the other people on the bus. They think the bus driver does a really good job. But ultimately, the journey is about them just getting to where they want to be. And you know, once they've paid their bus fare and got on the bus, there's, there's nothing more they really need to do to contribute. They don't really care if other people get on the bus or not. It's really about what they're looking to get out of it. See, what, that's the bus picture. What church needs to be more like is an orchestra, which is where you've got a whole lot of different instruments all making different sounds, coming in at the right time, and the orchestra works because all of the parts are playing their parts together in the right way. And we actually, we see this illustrated beautifully in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we, we touched on briefly in the kids' talk. Now, so we see in, in verse 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And if you read on in that, that passage, Paul then uses this ridiculous example of a foot who thinks that it isn't part of the body because it isn't a hand. You can't do all the things that a hand can do. And we kind of read that and think that's a bit funny. And then he uses the equally ridiculous example of an eye who says to the hands, look, I don't need you. I, I can do this totally fine without you. And they're, they're ridiculous examples. Like We're meant to, to see the, the, the silliness of the illustration. And yet, at the same time, it's quite profound isn't it? Because we all appreciate as, as people who have bodies what important parts each of those body parts play, what important roles they all have, and what a difference it makes when they're all working together the way they're supposed to, or what a difference it makes when they're not working together in the way they're supposed to. I'm going to apologize to Richard McClelland if he's in the room at all. I don't know if he's in here or offered the kids program. He's, yep, he's somewhere there. So I've been alive for 30 years, and I reckon in that 30 years, I've spent maybe between five and 10 seconds total dwelling on my Achilles tendon. It's just one of those parts of my body, it's there. It, I assume it's doing its job fine. Never had any issues with it. I've really never thought about it. I've never sat down and thanked God for a functioning Achilles tendon. Never really given it a moment's thought. But then when I see Richard rocking up to church with crutches and a moon boot in a lot of pain, it's a reminder that even the most seemingly insignificant part of the body, the, the part of the body that I've never given a moment's thought to, actually plays a very, very important role. And when something goes wrong with it, you notice immediately. God has gifted, he's equipped, and he's wired us all very, very differently. And so we all have a unique role to play in the life of this church. There's something, or, or more likely there's a number of things that each of us has to offer to contribute to the growth of this body together. If you've trusted in Jesus, then he has prepared you to serve his body in some way. Now, it may not be as impressive as, as someone else's contribution seems to be, but without it, the body would be missing something, something important. We all have a part to play in growing this body to maturity. Okay, so what does ministry look like on the ground here at Trinity Church, Allgate? Well, the goal is for our body to be working together in a healthy way, for all of us to be joyfully and sacrificially contributing 
to the growth of our body together to build up this church. And the passages that we've looked at this morning are, are talking about much more than just the, the formal ways that we serve on a Sunday morning. But serving at church is a very real and concrete expression of what service in the body looks like. And so that's what I'm going to focus on mostly this morning. There's just so much that happens on Sundays and during the week as well that makes the life and ministry of our church what it is. Uh, So not just on our Sunday morning gatherings, but we've got our home groups. We've got mainly music that meets in here on a Monday. Blast and Basement, our youth ministries on a Friday night. Uh, We've got special events that we run and so much more that makes our church what it is. People get here early to set up. People are going to stay later to pack up as well. We've had people that prepared the morning tea that we made. We've got musicians who have rehearsed for hours and prepared their music uh, that we can sing together today. Uh, The list really goes on. We've got people leading our children's program right now. So there's so many things that people do. And what we do here as a church just would not happen without the loving and the selfless service of so many people. I was really encouraged just last week on Friday, I caught up with Sarah, Steph, and Melissa, our kids' leaders at at 9am. So we've got Judy, who leads at 11am as well, who couldn't make it, but meeting up with the the kids' leaders. And it was great to hear not only about all the work that the the leaders do and that their, their leaders alongside them do as well. There's a lot that goes into making our kids' program run. But it was also great to hear about the desire that they have not just to, to do this, this work each week, but their desire to make this ministry area better, to be able to f- be thinking through how do we as a church each week get better at, and better at how we teach our children from the Bible, how we teach them and, and model to them what it means and what it looks like to follow Jesus. I was really encouraged to catch up with them. And so, appropriately enough, I think this is the, the final day of National Volunteer Week, which is a complete coincidence with the sermon topic. I'd love to say we arranged that thoughtfully, but it's just the way it's, it's fallen out. It's only right to say thank you, a big thank you to everyone in our church family who serves, everyone who gives of themselves to serve God and to serve each other in our body. Thank you for what you do to build up our church to maturity together. Thank you for the time and energy that you pour into it. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without the loving and the selfless service that you put in. Now, if you've been coming here to Allgate for a while and you consider this your home church and you'd love to, to know how you can get involved in serving, or, or perhaps you've, you're already serving in some ways, but you think, you know what, I'd love to be able to do more, please come and have a chat to me. One of my roles here is being the ministry coordinator. So basically what that means is helping people to get involved in serving in a way that is using their gifts and their time to be able to bless others. So come and grab me after the service, send me an email, fill in one of the contact cards. Um, I'd love to catch up, grab a coffee, and really chat about how we can use your time and your passions and your gifts to be able to serve this body together. There's so many needs and opportunities. There's so much uh, that we can do. And what we've been trying to increasingly do throughout this year is to move from a rosters, sort of a rosters serving setup to more of a a teams kind of a structure. And so we've got a whole lot of teams. Each of those teams has a leader and and they have team members who work alongside those leaders as well. And the teams have a clear vision of how what they're doing fits in with the overall vision 
that we have as a church, which um, as we heard at the AGM is to love God, to love each other and to love everyone around us as well. So just to use welcoming as an example, why do we have a welcoming team? It's because we wanna love everyone who walks through these doors on a Sunday morning, particularly people who are new or visiting, we want them to have the best experience possible. We want them to feel at home as they come here. And instead of just having Jacob in the office sending out lots of emails and trying to ask people to come along and do welcoming one week until enough people say yes, what we've got is a welcoming team which Phil and Alison Crawley are heading up and doing a great job of. So they lead a team of welcomers and people who are on that team aren't just coming on Sunday to do a job that they've been asked to do. They're a team who have been given the task of making sure that we are doing welcoming better and better each week as a church. They're committed to making sure that we are going above and beyond in this ministry area. There's lots of great things about having these teams. Firstly, they don't rely on Chris or myself or anyone else on the staff team. They, in fact, they, they really give everyone in the church a lot more ownership of what we do. Uh, they enable people who are much more gifted than me, much more gifted than Chris, in particular areas, to be able to, to use those gifts to be able to bless everyone in those ways. And having teams helps us to share the work around. It means that we don't have a few, of, a few people getting burnt out because they've got too much on. It means that we're really spreading the work around everyone, that we're all sharing in the work that is done each week, each month, each year. So if you're new or visiting this week, just, just to make it clear, we're not asking you to get on a team and start serving right from day one. We really want you to, to first and foremost feel a part of this church, to feel welcomed, to feel like you belong to this church family, uh, which is why we run regular welcome courses. The purpose of those is just to give you a bit of a, an accelerated feel about what it means to be part of this church, to meet a few people, to get to ask questions and just to make you feel a part of the family quicker than you might otherwise without it. We've got our next one coming up in June. It's three Sunday lunches beginning on June 16. So we'll have details in the next few weeks about that. We'd love to, to have you along to that if you've joined us recently. Although when the time is right for you, joining a team is actually a great way to feel connected and to feel a sense of purpose and belonging. So I'd really encourage you to think about that at some point. You may be at a point in life where, for whatever reason in the season of life you're at, the desire to serve is there, but the, the capacity to serve just isn't there. Or you might be someone who's serving in some way at the moment and you realize that you actually have to step back from doing that to be able to, to serve and honor God in other areas of your life as well. And if that's the case, then that's, that's completely, totally understandable. Your value to us um, as part of our church family isn't proportional to how many serving teams you're on or how many hours of service you're putting in each week. So we completely understand that everyone's capacity and everyone's life circumstances is different. But I would encourage you just to, if there's some small way that you are able to serve, I'd really encourage you to be able to think through how you might be able to do that. And I'd love to, to have a chat to you about that, if that's helpful. We've, um, we've just had our AGM today and we've put forward some really bold and prayerful ambitions of what we'd love to see God doing in this church over this next year and over the, over the next three years. 
We want to see God grow us, not just in numbers, but we want to see him grow us in our knowledge and our love of Jesus. We want to see God raising up new leaders within our church, and we want to see God bringing people to know him. We want to see people coming to to understand what it means to trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior and making that commitment. There's lots of bold plans that we've got. We want to see this body do some serious growth by God's power. And as we work towards all of this, what role would you like to play in that? It might be something that you're doing now. It might be something that you think, I'd really love to get involved with this. What role would you love to play as God grows his church? How has God shaped, equipped, and wired you to contribute to this church family for his praise and glory? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that you've gifted us in so many different ways. You've wired us in different ways. Uh, We have so many different people who come together, so many different parts of our body, all much valued and much loved. And please help us to be able to appreciate our own gifts, our own different personalities, and those of each other as well, that we, we love and care for each other, and that you'd be giving us wisdom about how we use our capacity and how we use our gifts and our passions to be able to bless those around us and to be able to grow this body in, towards maturity. And so please be doing that more and more. Please be helping us to be excited about how we can all come together and how we can use what you've given us to be able to grow up this body for your praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.